Last week, our text was 1 Peter 2 and verse 21, a text that has been made familiar by the slogan, What Would Jesus Do?, and before that, by the novel, In His Steps. And it says, For to this you are called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that you should follow his steps. Well, today we continue on with verses 22 and 23. Because verse 21 is not an entire unit by itself. In fact, in my Bible, it ends with a colon to indicate that there is more to follow. And what follows is a more close examination of the sufferings of Christ. We are told in verse 21 that Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that you should follow his steps. And then the sufferings of Christ are examined a little more carefully in verses 22 and 23, which is our text for today. And the title of my sermon today is Suffering God's Way. Now, I think we need to remember where we've come from and where we're going. In other words, get all of this in its context. We need to be reminded frequently of what the flow of the passage is. You recall that verse 11 begins a new section in Peter's epistle. And verses 11 and 12 tell us that our good works as Christians are used by God to impact unconverted sinners. And then there follows a a, um, description of what some of these good works are in the various relationships of life. And so in verses 13 through 17, we are told that submission to government is one of these good works that God uses to impact the lives of unconverted men. In verses 18 through 20, slaves are told that their submission to their masters is another good work which God uses to impact the lives of unconverted people. And Peter reminds slaves that this applies not only to good masters, but also to those that are unjust, who are cruel, who are crooked and even perverted. That's what he says in the last part of verse 18. Not only to the good and gentle, but also to the harsh. Verse 19, for this is commendable if because of conscience toward God, one endures grief, suffering wrongfully. Verse 20, the last part, but when you do good and suffer, if you take it patiently, this is commendable before God. And then, having told us that submission to unjust suffering by slaves brings glory to God and impacts the unconverted world, Peter now points to Jesus Christ as the supreme example of that. When he says in verse 21, for to this you were called because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that you should follow his steps. And so we are called to suffer like Christ, who suffered. We are called upon to suffer unjustly, like Christ, who suffered unjustly. And he is our perfect example in all of this. And then we go on to our text for today in verses 22 and 23, where we examine the life of Christ in this regard. And now, Peter is drawing our attention to that well-known passage in Isaiah chapter 53. In fact, verse 22, we could call the prophetic description of Christ, and then verse 23, 
the personal observation about Christ. Because in verse 22, Peter appeals to Scripture and what God, through the prophet Isaiah, has already written about Christ. And then in verse 23, Peter adds his own eyewitness testimony of what he observed concerning Jesus the Christ. But first of all, quoting from the Old Testament Scriptures about Christ, we read, "...who committed no sin..." nor was deceit found in his mouth. Who committed no sin, nor was deceit found in his mouth. And thus Peter introduces to us Isaiah 53. And we're going to find, as I've already mentioned, that he is going to use that passage extensively for the remainder of this chapter in verses 22 through 25. Nearly every phrase... Verses 22 to 25 refer either directly or is a, an apparent allusion to something found in Isaiah chapter 53. And so, right on the surface, this gives us the inspired identification of Isaiah 53 with the Messiah, with Jesus Christ. And how so? Well, Isaiah 53 is now certified to be a prophecy concerning the coming Messiah, if there was any doubt about that before. And there have been different interpretations about what Isaiah 53 is all about. Some have thought that this was a description of the nation of Israel and their sufferings. And indeed they have suffered and continue to suffer down to this very day. And there have been others who thought maybe this was a description of the sufferings of Isaiah the prophet who wrote this book by the inspiration of God. And again, as we study the life of Isaiah, we find that it was filled with great sufferings. But now, if there could ever have been any question about what was the primary focus of this passage, Isaiah 53, all such questions are laid to rest because now we have the New Testament's Comment, the inspired New Testament comment upon Isaiah 53, and it identifies Isaiah 53 with the Messiah. 